because there's no methadone for football. It's the Inactives with Matt Ufford and Nick Stevens. Welcome to the Inactives. I'm Matt Ufford of SB Nation, joined by Nick Stevens. How's it going, buddy? So no co-host, no pal, no... Hey, now it's just this know, week, I'm just me? Uh, I'm joined by Pat's fan, Nick Stevens. Oh, oh, so now that's how we choose to identify, huh? Listen... I'll tell you what, what, buddy, the bathroom door that I use has a W on it, and not for women. It's for winner, all right? Oh, okay. (laughs) Uh, What I'm I'm doing is just distancing myself. I'm preparing myself emotionally for uh, the unhappiness that seems likely to to happen for myself in about eh, a little over a week when Super Bowl 52 is played in Minneapolis. Will you really be that unhappy, though? Look, I fall well... Come on. Yes. No. Yes. Now you're just coaching yourself into that. No. This is like whatever... This is emotional self... This is emotional self, you know, prophecy realization. Yeah. Yes. My entire entire sports fandom (laughs) is emotional self-preservation. How bad could it be? I just... We were just talking off-show about... Your most recent episode of one of the 11 shows that has your name in the title on SB Nation and how you guys on this mm-hmm. on the most recent Super Bowl preview upsides were kind of trying to come to terms with how one way, I guess whoever wins you lose, but at the same time, which outcome is better for not only, I guess, our um, urban structures and preservation, but also the betterment of America. Is America really that unhappy with this Super Bowl right now? Um, I don't know. I, I can't speak for the rest of America. Speaking for myself, um, I wish that the NFC had put up some sort. I'm really excited about the Eagles defense. I am terrified as hell of seeing Nick Foles uh, attempt to unseat Tom Brady and the Patriots. Because I genuinely, I genuinely have no fucking clue what he's going to do in the Super Bowl. I don't know if this is, if what we saw against the Vikings, a historically good Vikings defense, especially as it concerns, uh, as it concerns to how they played on third down, uh, an NFL record, only 25% conversion rate throughout the course of the season, and the Eagles did more than 75% of third downs. I don't even have the stats in front of me, but they mm-hmm. they were wildly efficient on third down. Now, granted. The Vikings had a couple of injuries in the secondary. They lost their best cornerback, Xavier Rhodes. Uh, lost their safety, uh, Anderson Sandejo. That didn't help. But it was a team-wide, we-forgot-how-to-tackle sort of thing. And while at the same time, Nick Foles went full Will Ferrell in old school giving uh, his debate speech. So, I don't know. I don't know if that's repeatable. Um, and I just... I, I hope and pray that the Nick Foles of like weeks 14, sorry, weeks 15 and 16 and the Nick Foles of 2015 through 2016 also doesn't make an appearance. And I don't know. It, it's, it really is like, I don't know, cheer. It, it's just, I feel like I'm cheering for something entirely unlikely. Um, and, you know, I like to root for underdogs, and certainly 
there's a good track record of teams with great defenses going up against teams with great offenses in the Super Bowl. But Foles. So, I don't know, man. That's 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 my entire Super Bowl take. We're not here to talk about the Super Bowl this week. Um, and should things go your way, I will. The silver lining will be that I will be happy for you. But uh, that's all you're going to get out of me. I wouldn't ask for anything else. I think the Super Bowl matchup is going to be your quintessential puckered starfish down to the wire. Started borrowing beers from the reserve supply up later than you thought. Where are the baby aspirin and nitro pills? Kind of matchup. Patriots and the Patriots and the Eagles uh, gave up almost exactly the same number of points this year, like eighteen point four to eighteen point five. Scored the exact same on average at twenty eight point six. And the Eagles played good teams. Yeah. Ah, well, hey, that's no that's no that's no fault of the Patriots. Uh, no, it's not. That that you you deal with you you love the one you're with. You deal with what you got. Uh, you know the Patriots. Everyone who's waiting for like this whole narrative, like I hope bad Nick Foles doesn't show up. The same way we heard last week, like I hope bad Blake Bortles doesn't show up. There's no bad version of insert quarterback X that's shown up against the Patriots all season. Everyone has a good game against them. They end, how they end up winning the games. Insert joke about refs and whatever else. The, the, like, Tyrod Taylor played pretty well. Jay Cutler had the game of his life against them this year. Everyone looks good against the Look at the chat, the the way that what's-his-face O'Reilly. What was the Jets quarterback in this year? Um, come on. Bryce Petty. What's that? Bryce Petty? No, the other one. Josh McCown? McCown. McCown looked, like, McCown looked like Peyton Manning against him. So Nick Foles will have a good game against the Patriots for sure. Hmm. So I, I think he so will. we're looking at we're looking at uh, three quarters of really impressive Philadelphia Eagles performances uh, on defense that stifles the Patriots offense. Nick Foles puts together some good drives, but the Eagles settle for uh, a field goal instead of a touchdown one too many times. The Eagles pass rush gets tired out in the fourth quarter and the Patriots through a little bit of luck and perhaps a little bit of uh, uh, Eagles trepidation or making uh, the wrong mistake at the wrong time, the Patriots will pull it out in the end. Uh. <laughs> I mean, like, uh-huh. it's just, I'm, I'm fucking bored with it. Like, I, okay, fine. I have this Whatever. Sa- yeah, exactly. This sounds like a, an extension of Brandon Marshall's rant the other day from inside the NFL, to which I wouldn't be the first to disagree with at all. I mean, if it's, if it's your fault, like, I don't know. Sometimes like if, if when, when people are either good at something or keep winning something or get something, I mean, I get it. I full well understand this whole notion of like Patriot fatigue. Believe me, I get it. I mean, even more people should be excited about, you know, going to the Super Bowl, having this experience, et cetera. But people seem legitimately tired of it. I get it. I full I full well understand it. I don't think anyone who likes or roots for that team needs to apologize for it. But when listening to other people say like I'm not that excited about it, or let me guess, this is how it's going to play out. Yeah, I w- I could I could see that happening. And if it doesn't, you know, if Philadelphia wins the game, all right, they win the game. And I think so, Nick. I think you're touching on it. I, I, no one's asking a Patriots fan to say sorry for it, but like right. I think what people get frustrated by is that this has been 
you should expect people to say fuck the Pats, and mm-hmm. then Patriots fans were like, oh. So, and I'm not saying you are, but I'm just saying like, hey, let us hate your stupid fucking team because every other team, every other fan base has to deal with their team doing something fucking stupid and blowing the game, and you know, helmet catch and uh, notwithstanding. What it comes down to is uh, another team chokes. And so let's look back at the AFC Championship. Now, the Patriots benefited. I think that there are two, two play calls or two calls by the referees that had a huge impact in the game. Number one, uh, kind of bullshit 36-yard pass interference that uh, allowed the Patriots to, to set up outside the goal line and score their first touchdown of the game late in the second quarter. And then the uh, early whistle that prevented Miles Jack from scoring a fumble six. Mm-hmm. Now, you can choose to look at that. That's definitely a, a seven-point swing, maybe a 10- or 14-point swing, depending on uh, what, what the Patriots would have done with the rest of their drive at the end of the second half. However, those lucky plays are coupled with the Jaguars' uh, insistence uh, of going conservative as soon as they had a lead. 55 seconds left in the half, uh, and you take a knee? That's stupid. Uh, John Boyce did the math, and the most likely in throughout the NFL in 2017, when with two timeouts and 55 seconds left or 50 seconds left, the most common thing for an offense to do when they tried the, to run plays at that was the end of the half. The second most common thing was kicking a field goal. And so... It was basically like, I guess they were afraid of Blake Bortles turning the ball over. Which, again, that's probably a, a problem with the, the, the Jaguars, despite Bortles playing very well up to that point. And uh, the second half, they got, uh, they got conservative, real conservative, uh, and thought that they could just run the ball on first down for a yard every time and... And they weren't even, they were snapping the ball with five, six, seven seconds left on the play clock. They weren't even bleeding clock very well. So it's, it's a combination of, yes, the Pats got some lucky breaks from the referees, but the Jaguars also set themselves up to win and then played stupid. And the Patriots, what they have in the, in the form of Brady and Belichick is uh, an intelligence and a calmness about them to not fuck the game up like every other goddamn team in the NFL. And that's really frustrating to watch over the long term. Yeah, it is. I'm sure it is. I watched the NFL turning point thing last night and they focused, it's like 25, usually that's only a couple minutes long. It was 25 minutes long. And I'm not going to tell anyone else to watch it because if they have half of the visceral reaction that you've had to this so far, then I think they'll probably end up throwing their laptop out a window a la so many other flat screen destruction social media videos this postseason. They they concentrate on the Bouye thing. It was interesting to hear Bouye, Ramsey, and Marone tear into the referees on that 36-yard pass interference where... He sort of gets in Cook's way, but he turns his head for the ball at the time. And the refs stand there and they present their case. I just love hearing the behind the scenes. I, I love the in the moment stuff, especially when it's not just like the curse words they use, the excitement they have. Like, you know, it's not about like Mohamed Sanu, you know, bragging on the sideline about how it's going to be 400 to nothing in last year's Super Bowl. It's more like hearing Doug Marone's words and hearing Ramsey talking to the refs. And then. 
they talk about, yeah, you know, taking a knee at the end of the half was inexplicably conservative. And that's exactly what you don't do when you have a chance to slay the dragon. You don't take a moment to let yourself recover because you're letting the dragon at the same time take a moment to recover as well. You don't stand over the mountain and tell it, yeah. you know, that you want it to admit to the crimes that it committed, even though you've basically won the fight. You just shut up and finish the job. And in, in a lot of ways, the Jags were guilty of that. Yeah. The other, the other one, of course, was the Miles Jack thing. Why the ref whistled that dead, I'll never know. That's the second time a game could have turned in this particular postseason on the refs blowing something dead too quickly. I'm sure a lot of KC fans, if they weren't hadn't thrown their TVs out the window, if they were watching that game, were extremely triggered by that early whistle on the Miles Jack strip of Deion Lewis. Big time. Yeah. And that's why, look, I don't... You have to you have to look at the whole picture, and for people for Jaguars fans to only say the refs cost us a win is to remove uh, remove fault from the Jaguars, and that's that's not right because the Jaguars severely fucked up, and the entire play calling in the second half. Who's who's that uh, running back number thirty for the Jaguars? They were Corey they were Grant. Corey he, Grant. He, he was had more receiving yards in that game, dude. Than he did all season. Unstoppable out of the backfield in the first half, and the Jaguars, he disappeared in the second half. Didn't dial up, dial him up at all. Keep going to what's working. You had you had two teams reverse course, uh, one to one to one team's detriment and one to another team's benefit. The Patriots decided, okay, we have to start calling plays outside of the norm. We're gonna start doing double passes, flea flickers, and whatever it is to gain separation, catch the Jags on their heels. And it worked to a degree. At the same time, they also unleashed the defense a little more, ran some twists and some stunts to get some pressure on Bortles because he didn't do the whole predictable, cliche, uninformed football fan, oh, he's going to pee down his legs if Bortles is never going into Foxborough and winning. He played perfectly well. They were too conservative against Buffalo, did -hmm. an excellent job against Pittsburgh, and played the game of his life in Foxborough last week. Well, I wouldn't go that far. well, Well, his life, not of a lifetime. Or like he probably played his best game. He played. As a pro. He played. He played a great half. He played a. Sh- he he did not play that. And well then in the he got half. a little overwhelmed in the second half. Still threw a good pass that Gilmore broke up with a minute and forty eight left in the game. Again, the it wasn't a bad pass. Talk about bad decisions. Uh, choosing not to go for it on fourth and short a little bit earlier in the game, mm-hmm. and then terrible. Then deciding to go for it on fourth and fourteen when you've uh, you could pin the Pats back and you still have two timeouts and a great defense. So mm-hmm. I, it's there's some extremely questionable play calling for, yeah. for the Ramsey Jaguars said that they went too conservative as well. He said the offense got conservative and he didn't understand why they started calling more zone D in the second half. No, it's which they picked apart. Stay, stay aggressive until the team is beaten. You know, they keep putting pressure on Brady all game long. And I think that's what I think the, the, the frustration with the Patriots aside from the success, I, I did the uh, I did a little bit of math this week, and in seven Super Bowls with Brady and Belichick, the Pats are have a plus twelve point differential. By like in the Pythagorean wins, that's three point six wins. So they like if you want to round up, if just like at with average luck, they would be four and three in the seven Super Bowls that, that Brady and Belichick had. Slightly less lucky, they'd be three and four. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact that they are five and two. And uh, 
even with even with like the helmet catch and and like every game for them has been on the razor's edge basically. And right, that, which is why any idea of like here comes the here comes the coronation game or here comes the final statement is just as uninformed as you know. Well, and I think, but but that's that's the reason. So mathematics will chalk up those five wins to luck, but it's not luck. It's Brady and Belichick being the difference between, uh, between being the difference between Nick Foles and uh, Doug uh, Doug Dad Hair. So <laughs> I I yeah. think that, and don't get me wrong, like they've also they've beaten. Pete Carroll and uh, and Russell Wilson, like those are two very good coaches. Like that's a great quarterback coach combination, but it's not Brady and Belichick. And over the course of a game, it it matters in small ways, and at the end of the game, it matters in big ways. So uh, I think that that's why I have, even though it, I expect it to be a pretty close game, that's why I am mostly uh, depressed about it. Yeah, I I I mean. I'd like to think of the outsider perspective. I got way, way for a guy who's rooted for a team that has won five Super Bowls in a decade and a half, who's seen more championships. I'm not going to say than I deserve. I, I control absolutely none of this. I've just partaken of it. I've allowed my emotions to ride up and down. Sure, professionally, have I gained from it? Absolutely, and and that's that's fun. Am I? You know, and I'm and I'm benefiting from it all next week as well because I'll be literally working for the team in Minneapolis leading up to the game. It's gonna, nice. It's going to be super fun. Yeah, it's a, a chance of, a, you know, for whatever the hell it is that I do, it's going to be the chance of a lifetime, and I can't wait to do it. But at the same time, I can't believe how drawn into it I, I still get as well. And I, I just only hope considering how fun football is to watch and what an up and down, what a messy season, what a, a season that by and large people said was, far from their favorite where ratings are down considering what fun the super bowl is supposed to be how you're supposed to be thinking days in advance where you're going which invite you accept who you think is going to be talking at the party what you should make whose special dip you look forward to who's going to have the best commercial and instead if people are just like well eagles fans are the worst i'm so sick of the patriots like what a pall to cast over what's supposed to be such a special day days or weeks in advance yeah on the other hand fuck the patriots that's fine and you know what i'm so i'm so fine with that let me take it back let me take it back uh and i will show some curiosity here what is it that you're going to be doing for the patriots tell me about it i will be working as they're setting up a network for the week to just do facebook live shows podcasts uh Kind of like a like a mini NFL network for the week of their own. They're building a studio uh, at the Mall of America right near Radio Row. And I will be going out to do basically be like the fan correspondent, fan on the street, making kind of like making, you know, uh, not full blown Fitzy videos, but kind of like doing some of the stuff I had previously done for ESPN or SB Nation. Hello. Trying to. Trying to like find a fun thread to uh, to hit on, engage the fans. Probably just get crapped on by Philly fans all week. Hopefully, escape with minimal scarring. Uh, it should, you know, if you yeah. did get stabbed on camera, that would be great content, though. That would really just you know, hey, yeah, your mouth, God's ears. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, so it'll be fun. It's 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 kind of one of those things. And you know, again, I'm sure people listening just be like, "Great, so now on top of it, now I got to get the celebratory mass hall on camera." And oh my god, who would do that? I'm sure it'll be literally the 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 thing that the majority of people would least want to watch. But at the same time, it's kind of fun that they're getting a step ahead in the digital entertainment direction. Let and, me you know, setting let me go ahead fans. and cut in here and guess that uh-huh. if the Patriots are setting up their own network with a Pats fan interviewing other fans, I'm guessing that this sort of content is for Patriots fans. So I wouldn't worry too much about what other people think. And mm-hmm. uh, I think that tribalism here is what you're going for. And I think it'll be just fine. I think that's the idea. Now, I am going to be able to actually watch the game with my wife for the first time, I think, since before we were married. And is that is that how you're going to take it in? Yeah, I'm going to be I'm not going to, to Minnesota. Uh, SB Nation's got a stripped down production this year, and I am more than OK with not going to Minneapolis in February. Minneapolis, lovely city, uh, wonderful people there. I just not i've i've been have fucking miserable in new york city this winter and i'm not like as i go out throughout my day and swear at how angry i am at the cold and every time i wash my hands i like my knuckles are cracking i'm constantly putting on thick ass lotion to keep uh my hands from bleeding and I just, I just... I recently had that happen too, dude. I, like, I'm glad someone else... Oh, I, I am a place. pretty well hydrated. I am a well hydrated, reasonably maintained, not thoroughly metrosexual, but still in touch with his own health and needs kind of guy. I have hand cream at my radio station office in every pocket of every jacket, both bathrooms, and we even have one in the middle of the house. I probably apply the salves, the balms, and the creams five, six, seven times a day. The other day, I bent my left thumb, and all of a sudden, I saw blood, and I was like, I don't remember mis-slicing bread or errantly opening an envelope. What in the holy hell happened? I have, I have old man dry knuckle syndrome. Like, this, the, the air this winter has been brutal. It's uh, awful. I'm thrilled for you. Look, I'm not, I'm not I, 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 I already can see the face on my wife when they pick me up at the airport. I'll be coming back on... Sunday, right before the Super Bowl, probably getting in around like 1, 1.30. So back to Boston. Just in time to come home, hugs and high fives, uh, unpack snacks, and I'll probably be doing the same thing. More watch hugs and game. high fives. Yeah, more hug, hugs and high fives. I'm not going to watch the game. I'm not worried about that. I'm just in it for me, buddy. <laughs> uh, I'll probably be so sick of the Patriot, Patriot fans. As much as I am one, I'll be so sick of football. But probably looking forward to just having that kind of experience as well. I think for you, for someone like yourself who just gets drawn into and consumed by the media with strong opinions and valid feelings, and then sometimes riding some, you know, turbulent emotional waves, to get a chance to just basically reset and then have like uh, that sort of pleasant personal experience with football again probably is, given the matchup and the teams playing, a best case scenario. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, I'm, I'm really happy to, like I can't remember watching a Super Bowl with my wife, um, and it's uh, I, probably because it has never happened. I don't know. I've just been at SB Nation, uh, either in the office slash studio watching the game with coworkers, so that I could like make videos during it, or on location. And um, it's just 
I'm a little bit, I, I need a break. I need, I need, if it, even if it's just one year, I need a little bit of a breather, not, not to look at Radio Row, not to be on Radio Row, not to do the whole thing where uh, you spend a week in Ubers and cabs and trying to network with fellow media people, because that's what it is. It is NFL media, like, uh, class reunion sort of thing where it's like, Hey, how you doing? And it's like, like kind of a convention and I'm just good missing that this year. It's I'm looking forward to spend having a little bit more family time. I miss it. I, uh, I would say judging by the first 24 minutes of the podcast, I agree. Yeah. Hey, uh, I, I'm so I'm thoroughly, I'm psyched for you. If you've never been to a Super Bowl, enjoy the Mardi Gras like experience. If you work behind the scenes or whatever, you, you couldn't have nailed it more with the good old boy network. How are you? Exchange a card. Let's get a drink. See you in the back of the Uber. I, last thing I want to deal with, who wants who wants large-scale festive party environment FOMO kind of nonsense? Like, I just want to make a couple of videos that people like, like or share, make them laugh, be a goofy fan, and then just come home, order the best pizza. I've got one eye on my pregame cocktail. I've got my other eye on the bowl of popcorn uh, this, the, the seven layer dip, the TV and the six pack. And I, I want to have that exact same thing. Like, all right, I'm done with my obligations. Now I can make it personal again. And maybe at the end of the game, you're satisfied and you say, I'm looking forward to the break. And I say it was all worth it. No matter the outcome. All right. Well, that's a, that's a very healthy way of looking at it, Nick. That was good. This was good therapy. This was, this was a good, yeah. so it's okay to, it's okay for us to start with football and do, Real, real fan therapy. And by the way, great segue, Nick. In case anyone wants to watch NFL Fan Therapy, the YouTube mm. video series my brother and I have created, check it out on Fitzy's YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Fitzy01821 or townynews.com. The videos are kind of funny. I've, I've really enjoyed the ones that I watched. Uh, the the Chiefs you? one. You sent me the Chiefs one. Yep. And, uh, you know, they, they pop up in my recommended for, like, next viewing. And I've, I've watched a couple of them. I, I really enjoy them. The... The writing is good. The the acting is you really sell it. Like they're those kinds of videos. Uh, and if you haven't seen them, folks, they are. There's a, a bunch of people pretending to be. Uh, uh, they represent entire fan bases. And you know, using the Chiefs one as an example, it was right after the uh, dumbfounding loss to the Titans, <laughs> and the Chiefs fan <laughs> was basically just in denial. And the writing was good, but really, what sells it is is like there's the actors are all in and that's the sort of thing that you can do like those kind of spoof videos and they're so hard to pull off. And I know cause I've, I've, you know, given it, I've, I've tried my hand at over the years and some of them are modestly successful. Some of them are like, okay, like we're definitely not Saturday night live. We got it. Got it. But, uh, I would say very successful pulling those off. Can I give you a quick little behind the scenes thing? Um, yeah. Every single person you see in those videos is from that area, and they are fans of that team. And they are given by me or my brother or a combination therein. uh, They watch the games to begin with. We give them just quick guidance for where we can see the narrative going, what may be a funny through line, or some points to hit. That that each one is 10 to 15 minutes of improv that my brother cuts down to a three-minute video. Those are entirely unscripted. That's really cool, man. Yeah, that's really cool. You got your, your football improvers, your troop of football improvers. Uh, we're ball prov, and I can imagine I might try and go. <laughs> I might try grid prov, um, loose balls. 
I, I may try and go see. I can imagine somebody who would probably love to take the laptop that they're being shown on and throw it out said same window. I might try and go see uh, see and say hi to your boy McGarry at the Deadspin Deadcast party they're throwing uh, on the 31st out in Minneapolis. Oh, you should, man. Yeah, Drew's, I'll say hi. Drew's really good people. Um, yeah, that's actually, I can't speak. That's actually one of the things that. Uh, I have a slight amount of, uh, of FOMO about as mm-hmm. I would like to go to that uh, that Deadspin get together and, and see their uh, little dead cast. I, I really enjoy David Roth. He's a former SB Nation guy, and I'm happy for his success at Deadspin. Oh, wait, wait a second. I've interacted with him. He's re- I love that guy. He, he is. He wrote, David yeah. wrote an awesome piece, Matt. Uh, what is it? Like the, what was it? He did the, what was his, did you read his piece about the Al Pacino performances? Yes. Yes. That's one of my favorite pieces from the... Okay, my two favorite new writers I follow on both Twitters, from Fitzy and the my Nick Stevens one, are both named Dave. Dave Roth, um, the aforementioned now at Deadspin, whose Pacino piece, ranking the Pacino pieces, was amazing. And uh, Vice's Dave Lozo. Oh, yeah. Uh, Lozo's good people, too. I like I, him. I've never, I, do, do you know him? He's probably the my new favorite. Like, the same way that I like... Used to love your stuff before we became friends and then have always loved McGarry. Like, Dave Lozo is, like, my new favorite follow. He's hilarious. He's really he funny. Hates, hates the Patriots maybe more than you do. <laughs> he's certainly more vocal about it. Oh, he's um, great. It's, that's awesome. I love that. He's super funny. Um, You know Dave? Did Dave Roth used to work at SB Nation? David Roth wrote at SB Nation for, um, I don't know, a year or two. Um, we set, He did this great... Uh, series on on Qatar, uh, we sent him to or Qatar, however you want to say it. We sent him to uh, I say we like I had a hand in the decision. I didn't. Uh, SB Nation sent him to Qatar, and he wrote like a five part uh, series on what Qatar is like, and and around the time that um, it was in the the headlines for human rights violations as it leads up to the World Cup. And wow, it man, was really that's good crazy. and. And since then, he's he's gotten a little bit more internet popular because he perfectly mimics uh, David or Donald Trump's uh, speaking style. Uh, he can like write exactly how Trump speaks, and in a way that is, in a way that is funny. And uh, and also, as you noted, he wrote a piece about Al Pacino. But it was he has kind of like a quadrant. Like there's there's serious good Pacino, and then like serious bad Pacino, and then like hammy good and hammy bad. Or I don't know exactly what he. The, the the axes he set up, but it was it was a very fun and entertaining look at his performances. It's a great piece. Uh, before we talk about the other things that we wanted to hit up this week, quick movie recommendation uh, to remind myself that I'm a human being who loves arts, culture, um, opinion, and cinema every now and again, and not just like football and just like uh, Brady's hand. Uh I had a chance to watch a couple more of those, uh, mo- a couple more like the big Oscar screener type movies this week, uh, sure. Shape of Water, and the one I can't recommend enough to anyone within Sound of Voice. Have you seen Lady Bird yet? Oh, yes. That's Please we, tell me you liked it. I loved it. Um, that and, movie uh, got was... a little bit Got a little bit teary. It was a an absolute gem of a movie. And that's we, my wife and I went and saw it in the theater. We, we chose to watch it over Star Wars. I think in terms of the big screen, for visual presentation's sake, Star Wars might be a little better viewed on a screen. That said, or more of a big, you know, theater theater environment uh, piece, the Lady Bird 
ta- I was not prepared for the where that movie hit me. It right in the feels, right directly Ooh. square in the feels. Man, 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 tears of plenty, crazy. All of a sudden, I end up start connecting to like when I went to college, the arguments I had with my mother, the parent. You know, the parental, you know, distance and dissatisfaction you keep as a teenager. Somebody has made, even though it's like, uh, you know, a, a movie that where w- only women are on screen 80% of the time. Somebody, I feel like, has made the movie about how difficult it is when you want to be something else and you're going through this massive high school to college transition for everybody. I, this movie is phenomenal. Deserves every score, every rating it's gotten on Rotten Tomatoes. It's well, amazing. there's the... It is the textbook definition of the universal and the specific, right? And because it is so intensely and beautifully specific to both time and place, it makes those feelings so much more universal because it makes the characters richer and, uh, and more relatable because they are from a specific time and place. And even if you're not from Sacramento in 2003... It is sort of like name name your high school coming of age movie, The Breakfast Club, which is less realistic. Ferris Bueller, Clueless, uh, Juno, all these other movies. But but all those other movies have, I think, more problems and and lean more heavily on cliches. This is a movie. Lady Bird is a movie that has more or less none of the themes are new. More or less uh, been done dozens and hundreds of times before. And it is so much more emotionally resonant because it is executed flawlessly. Yes. Yes. I can't believe I, I love and see, this is why this podcast is the, uniquely this podcast in that we can go from an, an F-bomb palooza about Patriot fatigue and Super Bowl frustrations and why working in sports media can be such a, a human and emotional relationship drain to like two dads who like admit to getting weepy <laughs> at Ladybird. Oh, I mean, admittedly, I'm pretty much weepy about everything. Um, I'm, I'm on uh, over the last three days. I think I'm, I'm at a total, fourteen and a half, maybe fifteen hours of sleep, and so uh, I'm, I'm held together with with caffeine and and emotional staples right now. So, um, but uh, yeah, oh, dude, great movie, great, great, <sighs> great, great movie. Yeah. Uh, we have a couple screeners from uh, a friend of mine. Oh, uh, who I nope. will not name because I don't need. No, that friend destroyed them. SAG or the Directors Guild or whoever I happen to get it from. I won't say. Those have been um, destroyed. Thank but you. But I got Guild. to watch. Yep, they certainly were. I got to watch I Tanya this week. And, I liked it. Um, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. The performances, especially Alice and Janney's, were good, but I didn't love the execution of like the skating scenes. I didn't think was strong, and I don't know. The storytelling was, yeah. but it skating, was. Skating, you good. know what? Skating, it was, it was ice skating, watch. boogie nights was like okay. I get it. <laughs> yeah, skating nights. It really was. Uh, I like that. Uh, Shape of Water. I'll be curious to hear what you have to say about it. Yeah, I, I want to see that lady fuck the fish man, so I'm going to have to watch that. Uh, that. Oddly enough, that was the original working title, and um, Mar- uh, just they couldn't put it on the marquee. <laughs> so they had to they changed the title. Uh, it's Hi, I'm Troy McClure. <laughs> you might recognize me from such films as The Lady F. the Fishman. The Fish Fucker. And Ding Dong in the Donut Hole. 
um, okay, so where are we um, with a few minutes left uh, in Podpalooza? Where are you? Um, sidebar, real quick before I forget. Um, <laughs> do you want me to send you? Do you want me to send you like bur- like tag you in burger porn pictures from Minneapolis, or at least like keep track of for our post Super Bowl podcast? Best foods and you- best drinks in Minneapolis. I'm following you on the gram. You don't have to tag me. I got you. Okay, I know. All right. All right I'm I'll always. Keep- Instagram is the only is the only social media uh, app that I actually have on my phone. I've deleted I've deleted Twitter off my phone. Uh, Facebook hasn't been on there in ages. Um, Good man. I don't. I Snapchat is there, but I don't use Snapchat. I use it strictly as. Uh, uh, as filters, and, and I use that to like entertain my daughter when I have nothing else. I'm like, I don't, I don't feel like moving, and so I'll, I'll pull out my phone, and be like, let's do some Snapchat filters, and she stares at herself as a cat or whatever. And Same with my wife. Same with my. She has it on her. She's not even like registered. Doesn't do anything with it. It's just like for kid, kid entertainment purposes only. Yep. Um. So yeah, Instagram is the only social media platform that gives me any sort of pleasure. I, I like seeing. I make sure that I only follow. Uh, people who have whose lives I'm interested in or take beautiful pictures or happen to be nature photographers. I've got a lot of pictures of the American West uh, and uh, the U.S. Department of Interior on my Instagram. And so it's like beautiful, peaceful pictures of mm-hmm. of the outdoors and adorable dogs and the occasional cute kid that I care about. So. So, yeah, I'm following you and I'm, I'm looking forward to. Uh, your your selection of burgers. Oh, it's gonna gonna the the I'm looking forward to it more so too because I'm just basically building every day. It's gonna be nuts from seven a.m. to seven p.m. and I'm just looking forward to at night not worrying about going to parties, not red carpet coveraging, not step and repeat all that nonsense, not networking. Just I'm doing stand up once, which I'm looking forward to doing. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, it's gonna be. I'm doing it as Fitzy, so I'm gonna go out there and specifically go to a club and make it sound like that that guy came out there just to like live up to all the stereotypes and also troll Eagles fans just for fun. <laughs> um, everything is gonna be all burger porn all the time, which I'm super oh. psyched about. Well, um, you're going you're going right into the the chips, are you? Oh heck yeah! Oh can cannot wait. My favorite burger some... joint in America is in St. Paul, so. All right. What, what? I mean, but I mean, you're you're going right into the chips right now. Eating. Oh no, <laughs> that's, that's what not it me eating like. chips. No, that would be um, the the eight month old just sat down and he's got a plastic toy in his hand. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, you want to say hi, Sawyer? All right, good. That your brother normally would do. Ah, yeah. Whatever. You gotta you gotta walk you gotta you gotta walk the listeners through the foley and and you're you don't have your camera on so I'm I'm just guessing here. Oh, you, I don't have my camera on? Shoot. No, oh, man. Sorry about that, but you can't been see looking me at, this whole time? I've been looking at your avatar for the last, like, almost 40 minutes. Ah, oh, it's a devastatingly handsome avatar, too. Why is it my really camera is. not on? I don't know. That's weird. That's so strange. Uh, well, anyway, yeah, that's what happened. So I got the kiddo with me right now. He just joined the All party. Right. Ah. Um, well, hey, let's uh, let's close with a couple thoughts on the XFL. They said that they're coming back. Uh, Vince McMahon had a... a I don't want to call it a press conference. It was more of like a televised conference call what, to what, announce what, the XFL's that, return. That was so weird, dude. That was and he was gravelly voiced, and he's standing in front of the giant green screen and this new XFL 2.0 logo. Um, 
I don't know. This seems like the MFL, the meh football league. I don't know. Were you interested or what? No, not remotely. And what it seems to me is a lot of people are pointing out that it's it's gone from XFL being the edgy and dangerous league to uh, the safe space league. But really, that's <laughs> not it. It's it's what Vince McMahon has done is listen to every single complaint about the NFL that people have complained about the NFL, like, oh, it's too dangerous. Oh, there's there's protesting. Oh, players have been arrested. And he's like, we're not that. It is, uh, you know, how the, the Republican Party has has been formed over the last, their, their defining trade of the last 10 years or so has been opposition politics, the, right. the, the politics of the aggrieved. And that's what, that's what this XFL is, is, is like it's the football league for people for the aggrieved. But it's the thing is, everybody's complaints about the NFL. It's not coming from the same segments of society, you know, right? It's it's like, oh, well, uh, woke people don't like that. It leads to brain damage and uh, MAGA types don't like that. People are kneeling during the anthem. And I believe uh, we call them uh, we call them woke folk, woke folk. Woke folk versus MAGA. But, you know, there's the NFL has its problems. And then the XFL is just like, well, if you don't like the NFL, the XFL is for you. And we're going to get Tim Tebow and Johnny Manziel. And it's like, who? I don't understand who the XFL is supposed to be for. And I just don't think that, I don't know, it doesn't seem like very realistic to me. Announcing that it's going to. Not at all. That is coming back in 2020, boss. That is two years from now. That is not enough time. I don't know if if that league is thrown together, it is going to be a slapdash, shitty league that will last maybe as long, if that, as the first XFL. And that was only one season. And correct the, the bad ratings, piss poor gameplay, and the cracked femur from one of the mad dashes for the football are yeah. uh, are what led everybody to. Or what led everybody to just run in droves. That and the fact that like Rod Smart and Tommy Maddox joined the NFL afterwards. But otherwise, the talent feeding pool did not become what Vince McMahon may have originally envisioned. This wasn't even like ABA feeding into the NBA level cool where they were able to introduce things like the three-point line. The colored money ball that the ABA used to play with that became the three-point shot in the the all-star game, uh, the slam dunk competition, Dr. J, Artist yeah. Gilmore. No, this was this was just for all intents and purposes a one-year waste of NBC's time and money and world wrestling entertainment. Now he's coming back, and the whole idea, yeah, it's literally, it's the count. It should just be called the ANFL. It's the anti-NFL. They were talking a safer gameplay, cooler, quicker, simpler, safer football with fewer in fewer infractions. Uh, it's just like, oh, people don't like penalties, so we're going to have fewer penalties. Uh, oh, the rules are too complex. But that's what leads. That's, we're going to have them simple. That kills people. Yeah, and it's dangerous. So ours is going to be safer. How's it going to be safer? We don't know. It just is. And we're going to fill out, we're going to find, you know, eight 40 man rosters, but none of them will have criminal records. Okay. So Johnny Manziel tweets out yesterday, dude, that the most, like, Johnny Manziel tweets out, like, well, guess I can't play in the XFL because of my record, so I'll be applying to Barstool Sports. The idea of, like, no criminal records. I, it, like, it's not meant to keep a Manziel out. Johnny Manziel, developmentally, would probably be perfect. I've already been thinking 
since the announcement yesterday in front of graphics that look like they were made in like 1997. Jeez, could have spared a couple bucks, Vince. Um, I also would have maybe had somebody else do the announcement because Vince McMahon sounded like the fish, the, the fish man who looks for who was looking for mute lady fish sex in the shape of water. Jesus. Uh, oh, my XFL. He, I mean, you're not supposed to keep a Manziel out. I mean, you're supposed to keep out, you know, this keeps a Warren Sapp out, somebody who's got like, you know, serious allegations. You know, obviously it'll keep out the, the, the worst, you know, the, uh, sorry, a D.D. Westbrook. Sorry, you ain't making it in the, you know, uh, mixing. Bye-bye. You, you know, mixing, we, yeah. we have no time and place for you. But like a Manziel, like a, a DUI or something. Well, he was also accused of uh, hitting his girlfriend at one point. Oh, that's right. Jeez, yeah. God, it's been so long since he's been relevant. Yeah. What a waste of talent. Um, an immense waste. And that's what happens when you grow up rich and entitled. Yeah, it's no, you know what? They used to say fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to grow up, uh, is no way to go through life. Rich, entitled, and oblivious. That's truly not the way to go through life. Yeah. All right. Well, buddy. This is. <laughs> well, no, buddy. Sawyer doesn't want it to end. He's just getting into it. He's just starting to feel it. That's, that's where we we get to 40 minutes. We're just getting into our groove. Yeah, I know. Um, ah. But uh, I feel like. I feel like this has been a podcast unless you got, you got any saved rounds? No, man. I, I wanted to, I only wanted to, ch- I wanted to check in on the bird, do a little football therapy, uh, chat XFL. And otherwise, again, I'm just, again, like as all, like as always, I'm hoping I'm rooting for my team. Other people will root against my team. Other people will just try to enjoy the game. You want to be, it's difficult to serve and please a number of masters I hope everybody has the best Super Bowl Sunday possible that only leads to the destruction of a few parts of a couple of particular downtowns. Yeah. Is the world ready for the 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 purge Philadelphia? I think the rest of the world is definitely ready for Philadelphia to be gone, you know? Like <laughs> let, let them well, look it's their city, like let them do with it what they want, you know? <laughs> Just I mean the, the Liberty Bell's already fucked up like <laughs> go for it man so uh, oh man I'm gonna that's it we're gonna go get the Liberty Bell we're gonna finish that bitch off <laughs> um no I alright buddy I, I will I have to credit you Nick uh, I will of course be rooting rooting for the Eagles come Super Bowl Sunday but uh, I have to laud you for being a self-aware Patriots fan and for being one who is uh you know, uh, I won't say subdued, but a little bit understated in your, um, you're obviously very enthusiastic and, and pro-patriots as you should be, but you're not, you're not there to rub it in anybody's face. And, uh, you are the model Patriots fan, sir. I will take that compliment and run straight to the parade route where I'm going to be yelling <laughs> blitz for six. You. Yeah. Let's take it to seven 11, oh, baby. You had yeah. to ruin a good thing. I, I, come right. on. I, I listen, dude, I'm from Boston. I'm uncomfortable with legitimate emotions. Yeah. All right, that's fair. I, or, or so I just, thanks buddy. I'm looking forward to it. And, um, I will, I'll rate, I'll, I'll take a bite into, I'll, I'll enjoy some juicy Lucy's and some cold beverages for you. Miss you while you're out there. I hope you have an awesome week. And uh, enjoy the Super Bowl with you and your loved one. Uh, and uh, 
Hey, I hope everyone has a great Super Bowl Sunday. May the best team not name the Eagles win. All right. And you can find Nick uh, and his videos on YouTube, uh, the Fitzy, the Fitzy YouTube account. And I'm guessing you can, if you are so inclined, you can like the Patriots Facebook page, and that's how to follow you out in Minnesota. What? The fact that you were able to say that without suffering the emotional consumption of Ipecac that that was for you is amazing. Thank you. Yes. I mean, my the eye twitch is permanent, but that's more due to my kids. <laughs> um so please do follow nick from uh from minneapolis as he goes through uh a week of burgers and jokes and you can find me on twitter at matt ufford but that's probably how you ended up at the inactives anyway so you already know that folks enjoy the weekend uh we will be back soon hopefully well you know what one of us is going to be sad and the other is going to be very happy so tune in again let's see what happens man buck stress Thanks for listening to The Inactives. You can stop now. It's over.